Money FM 89.3, the best of your money. Money and me on your money, only on Money FM 89.3. Very good morning. It's Yael Raushan keeping you company on Money FM 89.3. I hope you're having a fabulous start to the week. Now, today we're going to be taking a deep dive into a company that has not only been recognized as a rare beneficiary of Russia's war on Ukraine, but also is strangely thriving on the political tensions that's happening between China and Australia. Joining me to be part of this conversation is Dan Co, producer of Your Money. Dan, are you surprised by the news? Yes, I'm indeed very surprised by the news. I mean, if you look at it, this uh, particular stock that you're mentioning or the company, kind of like a rare gem that we're finding in the markets in this day and age. Because if you look at the current SCI, right, on year-to-date performance, the SCI is currently down 0.58%. And it is also listed on the Australian exchange. And so far, you know, the Australian exchange 200 has been performing 10.04 decline wow. for the for year-to-date. Yeah. Yeah. So this is indeed a very surprising and a, like I said, yeah, rare gem to find. Yeah, a rare gem is about right. And for those of you listening in, Dan is the producer of the show. And he asked me strictly to tease this company, but the suspense <laughs> is killing me. Dan, can we tell the listeners what company we're talking about? Well, it's the one and only CivMag. Yeah, exactly. CivMag, based in the industrial town of Henderson in Western Australia. CivMag is a heavy engineering and construction company serving the country's resources, oil and gas, infrastructure and defence sectors. So to tell us more about CivMag's unique position to benefit from both China's continued dependence on Australian natural resources and Australia's increased defence spending and what his outlook for commodities like iron ore, coal and gas amid China's economic downturn. We're pleased to invite Pat Tallon, CEO of CivMag, on the show. Pat, welcome along. Thank you, Dan. Thank you, Archon. It's excellent to have you with us, Pat. You're doing okay? Yes, great. Thank you very much. Fantastic. We're really excited about this conversation. So in its latest business update for the first quarter of the financial year 2023, CivMac reported a revenue of Australian $228.3 million, an increase of 15.6% last year. Can you give us an overview of CivMac's diversification strategies and how has it helped the company remain profitable over the years? Yeah, I mean, um, obviously we've been growing the business steady um, since we first listed in 2012. We you know we had been very, very much involved in the resources sector and the energy sector, and then more recently, you know, getting more involved in infrastructure and defence build. Um, so working quite closely with with, with the governments um, to, well, there's a twofold. Obviously, there's a lot of opportunity for us in that space, but then it also puts the company in a in a more secure position that it's not just reliant on on the private spend of, of the big miners or the big LNG producers, but it also gives us that uh, access to the, the government spends in, um, in infrastructure, roads and bridges, and, and the defence type work. So, so um, that's, been, that's really been our strategy as a business. Uh, we've, we've also, we've, we've very large, large capacity, so we can, um, you know, we can actually take a site and give you back a full process plant or whatever, so we're capable of doing multiple skills from, you know, earthworks to civil concrete work to heavy engineering um, and then do the mechanical and piping install and the electrical instrumentation. So we are very diverse in that, in that area as well. So uh, a good, strong business. 
No, that's very impressive, Pat. And let's just dive right into the juice of this entire article. Now, we mentioned that Australia has long been a major beneficiary of China's appetite for an array of natural resources like iron, ore and coal. But, you know, the relations between the two countries have been deteriorating in recent years. And this can be attributed to a multitude of factors like China's advancements into a bunch of islands in the South China Sea. Can you talk to us about CIVEC's unique position to be able to benefit from the first, China's continued dependence on Australian natural resources and Australia's increased defence spending, which is being driven by the growing concerns over China as a global threat? Yeah, look, I mean, it's, it's not often you'll get to benefit from friend or foe relationships. But, I mean, in the, in the iron ore space, for example, it's a, a huge part of our business. And, I mean, we, we export in Australia over 900 million tonnes of iron ore, and right. China is the largest taker of that. So about 80% of that iron ore goes to China. So really, there's an interdependency on each other. We, we need China to take it, but I would have to say China needs the quality and the product that we supply in Australia. So I can see that relationship will, will remain has to remain strong. Uh, you know, China continues to grow, albeit at slower rates from time to time. There's still it's still a huge market for our, for iron ore. So so we see our clients tell us that you know the the appetite for China to continue to take our product is uh, huge, and uh, and they see no there's no reason to fear that uh, that's going to deplete or going to get less. Right. And then on on the other side. Uh, you know, we ha- it's, uh, Australia is, is a very it's an island. It's a big nation. We need to protect our waters. We need to protect our borders. So there is a, a requirement for Australia to increase their their shipbuilding, and and the, and the, mar- and the focus is on that being a sovereign shipbuilding capability. Yeah. So we are right in that space, in that we can actually um, fabricate vessels for the Royal Australian Navy, already involved in a program to do that. And uh, there's a you know a plan for continuous build. And, uh, and so we have facilities and the capabilities in, in Perth in particular to accommodate that requirement you know, for, the Navy, for the Royal Australian Navy. So we really see a lot of benefits for us and the fact that we're flexible and adaptable to across many sectors, um, it's going to be a big benefit to the business long term. Yeah, fantastic to hear that, Pat. Now, you talk about being flexible and adaptable. Australia has been a rare beneficiary of Russia's war on Ukraine. The invasion triggered a commodity squeeze that sent prices for coal and liquefied natural gas soaring, providing a windfall for the resource-rich economy. But, Pat, to what extent do you expect the demand for commodities in Australia to be impacted at the end of the war? And will this have any influence on the growth of CIVMEC? Uh, Okay, I mean, I don't think it'll have any impact on the growth. I mean, I think um, we've it's been very sustainable since our inception. The requirement for for the natural resources, uh, and even though yes, there's a there's a spike due to the, the conflicts between Russia and Ukraine. There's definitely been a spike, but it doesn't it doesn't uh, happen immediately. Like I mean, if if there's a problem in between Russia and Ukraine, I mean, it's not like Chevron or Woodside can build new. Mm process plants overnight so we are not we're you know with the the benefits are to those suppliers not necessarily it's not really having an impact on us as a construction company because it's not like um it's not like we're building something new for them immediately to accommodate that spike in requirement so we don't see it having any real impact uh, long term for the business you know so it's we're, we're quite sustainable that's very good to know. And at least, you know, we've got to give you credits for the sustainability of the company as a whole um, yeah. before the, the pandemic and before the war. So yeah. now let's I think just... People need, to, yeah. people need to understand that it's not a... It's, as I say, you can't just turn on a switch and build a process. Mm. Plan. Mm. That's so a lot of planning, you know. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. 
All right, so why not let's just turn our attention now to the infrastructure and the defence spending. I mean, if you recall earlier this year in March, the federal government announced a $4.3 billion investment to build a dry dock in Henderson. And the dry dock is slated to be completed by 2028 and will be used to build, maintain large naval vessels and support commercial shipbuilding in Western Australia. Can you talk to us about the significance of this infrastructure project and what growth opportunities are in store for the company? I mean, it's, uh, the location is exactly outside our, our door, our back door of our facilities in Henderson. So location-wise, it could not be closer to our facility. So really, there's, there's a twofold of opportunity here. Number one, uh, we would like to be involved in, in the build itself. So it's a, it's a large construction project. And uh, obviously, it's, um, there's a lot of work going around, around the design and the completion. And we've had some inputs and um, some ideas that we've, um, we've also brought forward to the government around what, what it might look like. So, so there's an opportunity definitely there in the construction um, and we would like to be involved in that and, and hopefully we will be given, especially given our location and our capability to be involved. But the big, the big benefit, I suppose, for CIVMEC is that this infrastructure is going to be right outside our door. So right. for us as a business going, going in the future, uh, we're, very, we're extremely well located. And, and the Henderson Precinct is very close to an area uh, called Garden Island or uh, um, Sterling, and where a lot of the Navy's fleet is kept. So not just for CapEx build, mm. um, for sustainment of the vessels, yeah. having this infrastructure is going to be, you know, opens up a, a lot of opportunities for us as a business going forward in the long term. So very exciting a project and looking forward to hopefully being involved in it. That's for sure. I mean, on that note as well, do you expect infrastructure and defence spending in Australia to continue in the years ahead? Yes. I mean, look, I mean, Australia is a young country, you know, so yeah. it's, it, it, you know, it only has it's only 26, approximately 26 million people in Australia. And for the size of the country, mm. that's a very small number. So mm-hmm. it continues. We continue to welcome people into the country. We, we need more people in the country. So as you increase your population, you obviously need more roads, bridges, stadiums, water treatment plants, power stations, whatever it might be. So there's definitely, um, you know, we need to continue to build very, very good infrastructure. And look, Australia, life in Australia is good. I mean, we have a lot of luxuries that some some countries don't have. So, you know, there's the, the people themselves demand that level of infrastructure to make sure that their life continues to be as good as it is. So. Yeah. And then the defence spend. Defence is always a long-term, a long-term spend, you know. But I mean, the government have committed hundreds of billions of dollars to this. And I mean, even with changes of government, that does not seem to change. I mean, there's a, it's a bipartisan type of arrangement that this money needs to be spent, and there is a strong focus on doing what they can in Australia itself. So particularly around building that sovereign shipbuilding capability, and uh, you know, there's there's only a handful of contractors who have the capability of doing that and we happen to be we happen to be one of them with what i have to say would be the most impressive facilities to carry out that work so you know we know labor in australia is expensive but uh, it's a very efficient labor force and uh, if you add to that efficiency by giving them very good facilities mm. to make you actually balance out the costs reasonably well while building up that skill level within the nation Yep, definitely agree. Pat, we're going to move it on to renewable energy now. Australia is home to an increasing number of lithium and hydrogen projects. For example, the $87 million URI project supported by the Australian government is set to become the country's first large-scale renewable hydrogen plant and set to produce 640 tonnes of renewable energy in Pilbara per year. So to what extent do you see CIVMEC becoming a potential beneficiary of such new economic segments? 
Look, it's it's a very uh, exciting area. It's something we we all need to focus on as as a separate company and as people about protecting the environment. And that's stuff that we were setting, we're working hard on setting achievable targets within our own business for for uh, decarbonisation, etc. But I mean, the the projects are huge. I mean, um, they, we've already worked on several lithium projects and very exciting space. Our clients are talking to us extensively around the opportunities that they see in the hydrogen space. I mean, it's it's a, a way to go, I suppose, before it becomes uh, economically viable, but we have to start somewhere. But our clients are, um, are very focused on this area and, uh, you know, talk, they all want to target towards green steel manufacturing, course, et cetera. Yes. So it's a very interesting area. The other thing I would caution, though, I mean, we, you know, the, the the, there's still a large market for the traditional fossil fuels, so you know it's not like we can turn green immediately as much as we'd like to. So we don't see it. We see a twofold benefit. The, the fossil fuel market that we are working right now is going to continue for some period of time, and then we'll also get the upside of being involved in renewable type projects and hydrogen projects, etc. Et so, so it can only mm. be. It's only we only see it as good. And I mean, we know over time that uh, you know the benefits of you know it might seem like a big investment now to push towards decarbonisation. But I mean, at the end of the day, we are going to find the benefits long term as a business. I and mean, both both ethically and morally, it's going mm. to be good, but then it's also going to be beneficial economically, I'm sure, as we go forward. That's very good to know. And, you know, on the note of renewable energy, let's now turn to oil and gas sectors. Now, some of your clients include mining and energy giants like Rio Tinto, Roy Hill, BHP Billiton and Woodside Petroleum. Now, first off, what is your outlook for renewable energy what potential do you see in this space and how are companies like Rio Tinto and BHP Billiton going big on decarbonisation? I mean, they're all looking at how they, how they can run their plants uh, greener. So, I mean, they're going to have to put in more infrastructure to allow them to do that. Yeah. So, as a constructor, you know, that can do the capabilities that we have, we're capable of turning our hand to this kind of uh, work and fill that requirement for them. So, um, you know, we will be working with them in, in 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 what we can do to um, to build plants for them to allow them to be that to to be to be more green, so you know the opportunities are big for us in this space. Yeah, certainly, Pat. The future does sound exciting. Now, Pat Tallinn, we've enjoyed your company this morning. Just very quickly, your final thoughts. What's Civmax's next big focus? And share with us some of the future plans for the company. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, the business is uh, very strong in the construction space and the manufacturing space. I think our focus area right now is to increase our uh, market share in the maintenance space. So, huge opportunities in that maintenance space. And, I mean, in the last year, we, we doubled the revenue that came from that space, but it's still a small portion of the overall business. It's less than 20% of the overall business. So, we would like to grow that maintenance space. Um, infrastructure is an important area for us, and we see a lot of opportunity in, in particularly bridges and roads. Mm. So we, we will look to increase our market share in that space over the next maybe four to five years. And then along, it's going to be uh, shipbuilding and, and uh, defense work, sustainment work mm. as another as an ad, as another uh, increased revenue stream for us as a business. So, so we see a, a lot of opportunity for growth. We will grow steady. We don't, we, we, we're not going to look to increase revenues too quickly. We want to we want to have sustainable growth. So and bring our management team with us for the journey and make sure we have a good strong foundation um, and for for that growth. I mean, um, any, I, we, I often say anyone can win work. It's winning work and delivering it at a at a profit is the key to mm. our business. Of course, and that's that's what we will do. You know. 
Wonderful. Yep, that future does sound exciting, Pat. Pat, thank you so much for setting time aside this morning to speak to us. No, thank you very much. That was great. Fantastic. Now we've been speaking to Pat Tellen, CEO of CivMac, telling us all about his plans for the future and what the company does. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A W E D I O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.